honestly, if we were to rewind back, Kelly, like every decision that I made was a catalyst to my next opportunity. Yeah. I truly believe like that action creates momentum, creates opportunity. And you're never going to know the opportunities that are going to be presented to you unless you take one step forward in either direction. Now, you know, has I have I pivoted? Have I shifted throughout those years? Absolutely. But every decision came with another decision that really led to all of these different opportunities that has that's created a really amazing life and things that I never thought I'd be able to do or even set out to do. Hi, I'm Kelly Namiro. Welcome to the Balancing Chaos Podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we'll talk about wellness, motherhood, and some really exciting things in between. My goal is to help you develop a lifestyle that promotes health, wholeness, and success. Through my conversations with our experts and guests, I hope to inspire you to live a beautiful, full, and joyful life as you navigate balancing the chaos. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Balancing Chaos podcast. Today, we are thrilled to have Felicia Romero on the show. She is a fitness entrepreneur, cover model, and the host of the High Felicia podcast with over 500 thousand downloads, opening her first gym at 22, being on a reality TV show, Fit to Fat to Fit, which we uh, actually talk about on her show. I you guys think you guys would love the episode that I'm on on her show. So head over and listen to that. But we're going to talk about her whole journey. Because of that journey, she really brings such a wealth of experience and health to a wealth of experience in health to the wellness world. So Felicia is also the founder of the 10K Accelerator, Luna True Nutrition, and she is a serial entrepreneur and such an expander for women who are dreaming of a bigger life. So we're going to talk about how to get there today. So get ready for some insights into entrepreneurship, wellness, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Felicia. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for doing this. I can't wait to talk more and learn more about you. I did some research and we talked a little bit about, you know, your journey on your podcast, but for my listeners, why don't you give us a little bit of a deeper dive into how you even got into the health and wellness space in the first place and what that looks like for you. And I think that kind of to tag onto that question, how you started, because I I know the story, um, how you started to redefine health on your own terms. Yes, absolutely. So I'll rewind. Um, I'll rewind about two decades. So 20 years. Yes, I am dating myself. I've been in the industry for a long time. And if I were to rewind back to college, I, I've always been an athlete. So I actually went to Arizona State playing softball. And I sort of had this plan laid out for me. I think it was really my mom's plan. She's like, this is what you're doing. And I think, you know, that generation of like 60 and over really only saw one way to success. And that was going to college, getting a degree, doing your technical work. I like for me, I was studying law. I was uh, took my LSAT for law school and I was really going down that road. And there was this really like pivotal point for me where I was taking my LSAT. I was applying to law school. At the same time, I also was certified personal trainer and I was training people out of my garage. I'd moved out when I was 19 and I never looked back. Like I never, I never moved back home. Like I moved out and I've like been, you know, really figuring it out along the way. And so I started training people and I really loved it, Kelly. Like, you know, when you're just, you're doing something and you wake up, you're excited to do it. You have passion about it. You're, you're leading people, you're helping people. And I just really found my thing. 
And I remember coming to this pivotal point of like, gosh, I don't know if the lawyer route is for me. I also did some internships at law offices and I was in a house of representative. I was a democratic intern and I just kind of was not feeling that route for me. And so I made that powerful choice to like follow my passion. Since then, you know, over the course of those 15, 20 years, I opened three gyms during that time. So selling my last one in 2017, um, early on in my fitness career as well, I got involved in fitness competitions. So for the listener who may not know what that is, it's sort of like a beauty pageant with muscle. So I was an IFBB figure pro. So that is like synonymous to like Arnold Schwarzenegger and doing the Olympia. Like I literally was, did the Super Bowl of what I did. And so at one point I placed fourth in the world, um, eight time, actually now nine time cover model, um, been on the covers of like oxygen and flex and all of those things. And so honestly, if we were to rewind back, Kelly, like every decision that I made was a catalyst to my next opportunity. Yeah. I truly believe like, that action creates momentum, creates opportunity. And you're never going to know the opportunities that are going to be presented to you unless you take one step forward in either direction. Now, you know, has I have I pivoted? Have I shifted throughout those years? Absolutely. But every decision came with another decision that really led to all of these different opportunities that has that's created a really amazing life and things that I never thought I'd be able to do or even set out to do. Like when I started competing and training people, I wasn't like, I want to be a cover model, but because I was in the right place at the right time, you know, it, it led to those opportunities, right. Which then led to like, you know, reality TV and, you know, so, and I'm sure you're a believer in this as, as well as like, you know, we've been following your path. And so it, yeah, so that's kind of a little snippet of the last 20 years. I love that you said that, like thinking about it from the perspective of being like grateful for the things that, you know may not have been exactly what you look back now and wanted. Like, uh, I was actually literally before, right before we got on, I was writing a newsletter and I was talking about how in the years that I was dieting and restricting really hard, I look back on that time and I'm actually grateful for that time because if I didn't have those years, one, I wouldn't have my new definition of health, which is so much more reliant on presence and peace and energy versus calories and rules and all of the things that it was. And I also wouldn't have this career where I'm helping women and empowering women because I had to go through that to be able to be here. So I think that like looking at it from that perspective is a really empowering way for people to start to see some of their challenges a little bit differently. Absolutely. And what you go through grows you, right? I just had this amazing interview this last weekend with Lori Harder. For those that may not know who she is, again, fitness background like myself, she's pivoted in the in the space of personal development, wrote books, she used to have the Bliss Project, and now she's launching this whole new company. And like when she was sharing some of the obstacles now, you know, with every single level, it's almost kind of like in what she reiterated and what really hit me, and hopefully it impacts the listener and, and you, Kelly, is you know, it's, it's, you have to, you have to put yourself out on the line so much like on the deep end in the cold plunge that it forces you to level up so that you literally, you, you can't even, you can't even go back to the person you were. You can't even shrink yourself back down because you, because you've grown so much. Right. And so like, you have to put so much on the line that you are forced to grow. And that's what I feel happens when we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. When we take the first step into the unknown, when we do things where we may not know 
what's going to happen from it? We may fail. We may succeed. We don't know. And so like that, that's really the motto that I feel like my life is really lived by. Like I was never really, I want to say this, I was sort of like my naivete in my twenties really got me through because I literally had no, I didn't even think about the risks, Kelly, when I was yeah, opening up my, I was my you know, I didn't even think about the risk when I was opening up my last gym. Yeah. It was 2013, 2014, I secured hundreds of thousands of dollars from an investor. I remember like taking a business plan to him and he's like, think bigger, like this isn't big enough. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know how to write a business plan. Right. So I'm trying to secure hundreds of thousands of dollars, not even thinking about the risk. Literally, it didn't even pop in my brain because I was such a vision visionary. I'm very much like I, I'm very much like I can see it happening and I don't even, the how won't even scare me. Like I'll figure it out. And, you know, but now it's crazy as after I've gone through some failures, I've sold businesses. I've also experienced burnout. I've experienced healing my own body, my mind, healing an eating disorder. You know, it, it, I really now look back, I'm like, gosh, I'm a little bit more adverse to risk now. I don't take as many risks as I did when I was younger. And I often think, is it because, you know, I'm older and wiser and maybe don't want to add that additional stress or maybe for me, stress looks different now. You know, like I actually really value my peace and my harmony. I'm also able to hold more as well in terms of responsibility and my financial thermostat and even how I look and perceive the world around me, food and my lifestyle. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I think that is really, really interesting. And I think that it does come with, because I, I think I told you um, on your show, like I feel like I've in the last year really gone through the same thing where, um, my peace has just become so much more of a priority as of like this last year than it ever was in my like mid to late twenties. It was just like, Oh, like yeah. I'm going to hustle and I'm going to get to that burnout place. And I don't care at what cost. And then I was like, Oh, that's the cost. Like that's <laughs> okay. So I like learned that lesson. And so I would love, because one of the things that you and I were talking about before we jumped on was this really cool, um, I don't know if you like call it like a retreat or a mastermind that you do where like the first day you do, you tap into the feminine. And then the second day you strategize with the masculine energy. And I've literally never heard of anything like that before. And I think it's really, really cool because most of us get to that place of burnout in our life because we are fully 100% of the time living in the masculine energy. That's what American culture teaches us to do. That is what society dictates. It's like, you're not going to burn out. Just keep doing, keep moving it. And you won't be successful unless you are and do. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on one, how that played out in your life and mm -hmm. kind of how that motivated you to create this mm -hmm. mastermind that you, that you host. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I've been hosting retreats now for about three to four years. I used to host a, a longer mastermind with my girlfriend, Annette, and she went off and started her like an amazing company called Cohere. And so she eliminated the mastermind from like the thing, her plate, the things that she does, but I really wanted to continue it. The way that I love to curate rooms, I'm just the curator. I, I'm a mirror, meaning when I put it out there and I express this opportunity or this offer or even this experience out into the ether, into the internet world, I am only a mirror. And so when I curate these events, I always call in women that are also yearning and desiring the same things that I desire and yearn. So again, a lesson to the listener, it's your energy like attracts like. 
And so what you put out, you will get back. And so I am just a curator and I love putting together an amazing experience. And so these mastermind two-day events that I put on, I'm doing four this year, every quarter. And so I found this disconnect with women in entrepreneurship where they were always wanting to learn the strategy. How do I make the seven figures? How do I create this predictable, scalable income? How can I refine my strategy? Like, should I do ads? Should I do organic? What's the best reel to create? Like, it's all about the strategy. But the thing is, what they're missing and what they come up upon is they come up upon this burnout when things are not working, when things are not panning out, when the launch didn't go as planned. And oftentimes we have to retreat back. We can't keep pushing. We have to sit back and say, okay, what is what is missing? What is causing this disconnect? What are causing what's causing me to hit this like this 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 up not the up level but like this thermostat where I can't quite get or the ceiling I should say where I can't quite get past this thing, and oftentimes it's us. Yes. It's us. It's how we're being. And I often say, and, and again, I, I didn't I didn't coin this quote. I actually learned it from a woman who was on my podcast, Mary McGonigal, and she said, you know, the feminine is who you're being, and the masculine is what you're doing. Okay. So, and it's so powerful and that really hit me. And so the first day of the mastermind event, we go inward, we break the limiting beliefs. I introduce modalities because I believe in modalities like breath work, sound bowl healing, um, human design, um, things that like doing movement and different things that are actually going to shift us and allow us to see our limiting belief. And yeah, it may always be there in the subconscious, but now we're aware of it and we have the tools now to manage it. Um, you know, I do Bozzy reason astrology. We go inward. Like I had human design at my last one and we did this amazing breath work. And I do a live podcast session with an epic guest where the women get to experience real time, these conversations in person, and then some goddess yoga. So again, just really moving our bodies and releasing deep emotional blocks all done with intention. So we're not just doing it to do it. We're doing it for a purpose. And then the second day, we do the strategy. Like I bring in guest experts, like money experts. I have a fit financial coach coming in. We're going to be talking about money and how to really plan and invest and create wealth, not just, and the difference between profit and revenue. And I have an ad strategist coming in and a guest speaker. And so, and then we, and we, we end with a really, you know, celebratory dinner. And so it's really expansive and the types of shifts that I've seen women have. And I know for you, you host retreats and you put, you know, you host these guests. It's, it's powerful. Really? Like, this year, if I could just express this over and over and over again, you're in order to have a different outcome, we have to do things differently, right? Getting in the rooms with different energy, getting in the rooms with different women with different ideas and different strategy and, and different, like the, like doing things differently in their life. That's where the spark comes. That's where your next collaboration is going to come. Your next possibly best friend, bestie, your next idea that you didn't realize, like, wow, I didn't realize I could do that and implement it in my business. And there's just something we have to put ourselves in new environments. I, I could not agree with you more. I'm actually like in the middle right now of teaching a program called Break Free um, from Self-Sabotage and Create Consistency, because if we want to feel different, like you just said, we have to do things differently. And I think so much so many of us come up on the resistance when we're trying to create change because we revert back to our comfort zone. And the retreat model is really great for hearing other people be vulnerable, hearing other people share 
being in a place where you can connect with your feelings and you actually have the time and space to do that and learn techniques about how you can take those practices home with you so that you can get out of being in that masculine mode so often and like being so go, 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 do, 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 because we can't be creative. We can't have new ideas. As you were saying, we can't, um, feel grounded even if, unless we have that time to just be. And so I would love it if you could talk because just we're such a health and hormones podcast. Talk about how that burnout piece manifested in your life when you were doing so much. And then what are some, like you talked about some of the things that you do at the retreat, whether it is astrology or breathwork, whatever, what are some things that you practice day to day to keep you in that balance? Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay. So to the burnout. Yeah. Oh man, the burnout, it was real, but I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't right away. It was like a slow burn where, and I realized too, when I look back and I'm sure a woman listening right now, or anyone listening right now can relate to this, but I actually ignored the signs. Like, you Don't know, all. <laughs> I ignored the signs and like, I literally wore like team, no hustle, like a badge of honor. Like that was something to be praised for. Like, oh, I only got four hours of sleep last night because I got so much work done. Like that, no, like I need to, I get, I get my sleep now. Like I am in bed by a certain time, I'm getting eight hours. But you know, when I look back, what happened was um, in addition to not only feeling burnt out in my business, but because I was so deep and heavy in my um, disordered eating, so it was sort of like, you know, I was on go, 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 but my car was empty. Like I had no gas, I had no oil and things started shifting. My adrenal, well, it first started with the adrenals. Like they just completely plummeted, which then affected my hormones, like my testosterone, my estrogen, progesterone, which then severely affected my pituitary gland and my thyroid, right? So everything just, it was like, it was like literally a trifecta of things that happened in my body. So because of that, I became completely estrogenic. Um, so everything, so my testosterone plummeted and my body, anytime I remember seeing a naturopath and we were trying to work it out and I, and, and let me back it up. I actually started seeing a therapist first to get a hold of like my disordered eating, but the health took about 15 months to get in order. And so, you know, you'll experience, you know, weight gain, brain fog, had a hard time sleeping, had a hard time focusing my skin, my hair, my nails, like everything just, and then on top of it, the internal feelings that you're feeling. So you have the physical effects of the burnout, but then the mental effects of the burnout are anxiety. And I remember I would just catastrophize everything, like everything, like I couldn't handle stress. The littlest thing it was like the biggest thing in my world, you know, um, I had a hard time handling anything and it was like, it was all connected. Right. And so the first step to that, and I know you probably can speak to this too, was just being aware that I was a high functioning, anxious person that had completely fizzled my adrenals and my, my hormones essentially. And I didn't think anything was wrong, but turns out there was a lot wrong. I was just high functioning and it was just something that was normal for me. I'm like, Oh, it's normal to wake up with anxiety. It's normal to not be able to sleep. Oh, it's normal to feel like I'm five months pregnant by the end of the day. Like I'm just normal to have all of these sugar cravings. Like, no, like it was not. I love that you brought that up because, and like the reason that I'm 
giggling to myself right now is because last night I woke up at well, I guess this morning at 4 a.m. And the first thing that like I shared on Instagram, really the only thing I've shared on Instagram today is like, I felt like in that moment, I was triggered and I reverted back to that like high functioning anxiety version of myself. And then I was like, no, we're not going to go back to needing to push through, needing to like feel like we have to control everything. Like I'm going to take some things off my plate today and actually like allow myself to slow down because that's what's going to allow me to move through the anxiety. And it's so funny because I think that so many women are that high functioning. Like it's that high functioning overwhelm where it's like, we can do it all but does yeah. it feel actually good to do it all? And the answer for most of us is no, because then you end up with all of those symptoms that you were just talking about. And one other thing that I want to highlight before um, you go into talking about some of those feminine practices that you, that you have in your day-to-day -day is just the idea of how you mentioned that it really started with your adrenals. So whether that was the mental stress of work, whether that was the physical stress of the eating disorder, like that is where it begins for so many people. And so many people don't want to wake up to, you can do the diet, you can eat the supplement or take the supplements, you can do the workouts and you're going to still feel those symptoms until you are ready to deal with the stress. Mm, absolutely. And it wasn't explained to me until I talked to a professional about it. I remember having Dr. Christensen, who is an actual, he's an endocrine He's a, oh, he's, yeah. he's a right. but he, he he's specializes in the endocrine system right. and he was actually on my podcast. He was like one of the, my first 10 guests. Cause he lives here in Scottsdale. And I remember having all of his books and I didn't realize, I actually thought that it was, I thought it was my hormones. Like, Oh, my hormones are wrong. Like, like all of these things are happening and actually stemmed from the adrenals and the adrenal glands, because the hormones are secreted. And again, I'm not a naturopath, I'm not a doctor, but from what I gathered in like my own experience is that it started there, which started. led to all of the other things happening in my body, like affecting the hormones and then affecting my pituitary gland, which then affects like growth hormone and all of those things. And so it, I was a mess. I literally, I remember a naturopath telling me that I had the growth hormone at the age of I think I, at that time I was 30, 32. I had the growth hormone of a 55 year old. My gosh. I had like, I had run myself into the ground. And when we think about when, when I was talking about diet and you don't have to be a competitor to have disordered eating or to be afraid of certain foods. Like we are unfortunately sort of um, something that, that is exposed to us through media and the diet culture. Right. And so like, carbs are the enemy, um, eating on a, you know, all of the rules that you hear of, like don't eat past eight. You can't eat carbs, more cardio, um, you know, intermittent fasting, um, you know, keto, like all of the different things that you hear. And I was a competitor, so I subscribed to it all and I had to compete on stage. So my body was judged. I was subjected to judges who were looking at me and saying, this is good. This is not good. Right. And so like doing that for nine years, I only saw the negative parts of my body, which at that point, when you are competing and I'm on Olympia stage with 11% body fat, like that sort of look is not sustainable, but I tried to sustain it. You better believe like after the competition, it was like this yo-yo effect where I would eat all the food. Then I would gain the weight, like so much weight in a short amount of time only to say, oh my gosh, I have to lose this weight again to feel worthy 
to feel validated, to feel good about myself. And when I didn't, it took a big hit on my personal self-worth that when I didn't look this way, I felt like I was not worthy of, of love, of, uh, you know, opportunity, like people looked at me and it was around the time of social media. And I remember I had posted a picture of myself and this was like 2012 and I was like new to Instagram. I think Instagram was pretty new too. And I got so many comments like, you're so soft. What happened? You gained so much weight. And I was literally just like my normal weight. And I was, I'm, I'm a little bit more curvy. Like I'm, I'm Mexican. I'm a little bit more curvy. I'm a little bit more fat on my, my backside. My, and so I remember like, this is how potent it was because I remember it. Like, I remember the feeling. I remember the, I even remember the picture. I was in a yellow bikini and I, I was curvy and I wasn't like my competition self. And it like stuck with me. I, it's like literally like a core memory in my brain. And so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I think that for anyone listening, going through that, cause I have a very similar memory to that, like of when I came home from spring break and my mom was like, Whoa, you've gained weight. And like, it's just, it's something that sticks with you. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like people, other people are judging my body. Like that's the first, like other people are looking at my body and like, thinking about it versus just me being in my own head, thinking about it. And yeah. so it kind of adds fuel to that fire. And it just makes the piece of coming back to your own worthiness and where that worthiness comes from and where that confidence comes from and building trust within yourself so mm -hmm. much more important and mm -hmm. so much more powerful along the way, because when you do that work, nothing can take your confidence away from you. So. Well, let me, let me share my aha moment Please. because I had an aha moment and I think this could be really helpful for people who do feel maybe you are still on this weight loss journey. No judgment. If you want to change your body, I'm here for it, but we have to get really clear on the motivations behind it. And so my aha moment was I competed on the Olympia stage. Okay. So this is a beauty pageant with muscle. Think about, you know, on stage, the lowest body fat that I could be a hundred and I don't know, I don't even remember my weight, 116 pounds. I'm five, two super lean and muscular. And I had vivid memory of not feeling good enough. I still was not good enough. Like, oh, I still have fat here. I'm afraid to get on stage. Like I wasn't good enough. I was still critiquing my body. Yep. And then Fast forward to two months after that competition, binge eating and gaining weight, gained about 40 pounds in two months. Yes, I gained 40 pounds in two months and still not feeling good enough. I still had the same internal void feelings of myself, 20 pounds lighter, 20 pounds heavier. And that's when it hit me. And I've had these aha moments a couple of times in my life, especially too, with like material things like a home or a relationship. Um, I remember thinking, and this is a ha moment that I had in a counselor's office, like, wow, Felicia, you, you didn't love yourself or didn't feel good enough when you were the best that you could be on stage in, you know, top four in the world. And then you're 20 pounds heavier and you still feel this void. It's something else. Mm -hmm. And I remember those feelings so deeply. And it's like, no, like you aren't ever going to be happy because, you know, if you can't love yourself at a size, whatever, let's say 16 or 18 or whatever, and you, you're not going to love yourself at a size six. 
so, you know, it's, it's really, it was a powerful moment of like, we can't look for things outside of ourselves to give yeah. us validation. Right. Like I remember telling myself when I'm, when I, you know, cause Keith and I were looking for a house when Keith is my fiance and building a house. I remember telling myself like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so happy when we get into our dream home, I'm going to be able to do these things. And like, I kept putting things off until I got the thing. Right. I could only, like, I can only feel this way once I got the dream home. And then I remember sitting in my office, in my office, and I still felt this emptiness. And I'm like, Felicia, you're doing it again. Like you always have to, like, it's, it's always the next thing, the next milestone. Like you, why can't you just choose to be happy and have extreme gratitude for what you have now? Right. And that's a daily practice. And I think it's not easy. I know, but it's something that we have to really put the time in. And I know you talked about your feminine, like feminine, you know, tools and things like that, like gratitude practice, hands down. I have journals, like literally here, I have journals next to my bed. Like uh, gratitude is such a powerful practice. It can literally shift the energy you're feeling inside of you just by a simple gratitude practice of taking the time to write things in a journal and actually writing it down maybe even saying them out loud. Maybe you have a mantra, um, but yeah. So you, we can't look at things outside of ourselves, right? To give us the feelings that, oh, it's okay to feel happy now because we have to cultivate that no matter where we're at. A hundred percent. I think that that's such a great, like tangible tip for people to take away. Um, and something that's super simple and I think that so many of us feel like we're victim to our circumstances. And if we can shift the perspective just a little bit, like everything starts to change, everything starts to change around you. So one other thing that I really want to talk about in terms of your personal journey, before we go into more like business entrepreneurial things is this kind of idea of getting more because of like everything we've just talked about with the eating disorder, right? And being just, that is a disconnection from your body. You're not um, listening to your body's signals and cues. How did you build back that connection with your body to be able to start to honor it more and listen to what it needs more? Because that's a very feminine thing to do is to listen mm -hmm. to your body's needs versus the masculine. I like that. We're like tying this all in with a theme today. The masculine thing to do is like follow a diet that's rigid on like numbers and calories and all of those things. And so, um, talk a little bit about that connection process, like, or reconnection process, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use a quote here that I think could be really helpful, especially like if someone has, you know, they want to start tuning into their body and they want to jump on any sort of, you know, new, new plan, new fitness plan, or, and we can even apply this to business as well for those entrepreneurial girlies that are listening. So, you know, be stubborn about your goal, but flexible with your method. Mm. And what I mean by that is you have the thing, you have the thing that you're going for, the goal that you want to achieve and the masculine will is the doing, right? So like, what is the journey to get there? So let's say you are on a weight loss journey fat loss journey, or just maybe a journey of feeling better, feeling healthy, feeling we want more energy. And so you have your plan and you're following the plan and whatever it may be, that's the masculine. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to put it in the calendar. I'm going to implement, I'm going to do it. But what happens when the thing the method that we're using doesn't feel good? 
right? And not everything's going to feel good. So I want to also discern, like, sometimes when we start new things, it's not always going to be like, oh my gosh, this like cold plunging doesn't feel good, but there's tons of benefits, right? So, you know, I I know, right? I know. Yeah, absolutely. So, but like, if you are losing sleep or it's causing more stress, you realize like, oh, this new hit plan that I'm doing is actually hurting me, not helping me. Because for me, as someone who comes from like an underactive thyroid and had adrenal issues, hit isn't the best for me and my hormones. I'm, I'm a little bit more better with like low impact stuff. And I figured that out now, but I see all the things, oh, people losing weight, doing the hit plan. I might as well do that. And that's you disregarding your own body. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like flexible with your methods is, oh, okay. So maybe hit isn't for me, but I'm not going to give up on the goal. Maybe right. I just find, I'm just going to move in a different way. I'm going to move in a different way. I'm going to find Pilates or I'm going to do a walk or I'm going to find a dance class that I really love or whatever it may be. Goddess yoga, right? That's what you're goddess yoga. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Back into now goddess yoga, which uh, again has helped me really tap into my body signals and what I need and, you know, being able to actually release deep emotional blocks that are also happening in the body because you moving our hips and our heart and activating different chakras in our body can really like make such a difference in how we move through the world. And so, you know, back to our goal, like the masculine is the doing, the feminine is the being. And it's like, can we find, you know, can we really tap into us and what we need for us? And this is us trusting our intuition, trusting when our body is saying, Hey, you need more rest. Hey, you need a little bit more nourishment. Hey, maybe you're on a meal plan or you're, 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 you know, you're following a healthy plan but you really feel like oh, I really need some extra sugar. I'm going to grab this banana and some peanut butter or whatever it may be like honor that, right? Your body is telling you, I need a little bit more nourishment. Like, can we honor that and not judge ourselves for it, not shame ourselves for it, but give ourselves a ton of compassion and trusting that our bodies are always speaking to us. Our bodies are always telling us what we need. And when, you know, we, you feel sick or when you feel run down, or when you notice that you're getting a lot of injuries that's your body telling you, Hey, we need to slow down a little bit. You need to recover better. You need to stretch better. You need to, you know, take care of yourself better. Maybe you're not getting sleep. Maybe you're not drinking water. Again, your body will tell you. So it's time to really tune into those things. And it just takes some time to like, really just slow down, get really quiet, pay attention to the things that are happening in your body. And that will make all of the difference. It really will. And I, I, it's such a it's such a powerful thing to say, to say, to listen to your body's signals. And I think a lot of people don't really recognize what that means, because I can tell you, like, I have plenty of clients who, for example, one who messaged me just a few weeks ago. And she's like, I've been sick, like every couple of weeks in the, like through this entire winter. And Mm -hmm. what can I do to boost my immune system? And I'm like, rather than thinking about it from the perspective of what can I do to boost my immune system? Like, is there some sort of like quick fix out of this? The answer is the question that you should be asking, which is why is my body sending me these signals by getting sick so often? Am Mm -hmm. I burnt out? Am I run down? Are my adrenals exhausted? And so my immune system is weaker at this current juncture, or if you're exhausted, am I exhausted because I'm doing too much? And so asking the question, because like you said, like your body is constantly giving you signals and where we are too in the masculine energy is that we are constantly trying to override those signals and do more. 
rather than listening and tuning in. So I think there's one overarching theme that you can take away from everything that Felicia is saying is just just like slow down and listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen Mm -hmm. to your mind and what your desires are. Like all of those things really matter. Oh my gosh. It makes such a big difference. And like, think about all the times and I don't know if maybe you've experienced this, but like you were doing a really big thing. Like um, maybe you were a speaker at a conference or maybe you hosted a really powerful weekend event or something that just was more stressful. You noticed you were a little bit more in that, like, um, you know, that parasympathetic place or no sympathetic place where you are like, you know, parasympathetic is fight or flight. Stress. Yeah. Sympathetic is more stress. Parasympathetic is more calm. Yes. Yes. So you're in that sympathetic, more stressed place. And the moment it's over the day after you get sick, right? How many times has that happened? That's happened to me so much. It's almost like, again, your body knows like, oh my gosh, you can't get sick during this event. We're not going to get sick. But like you put your body in overdrive and days after you get, you have this like lull where you do start to get fatigued and you get sick. Maybe you get a cold, maybe you get a flu and, or maybe you lose your voice or you get bronchitis or something happens. Um, it's so interesting. I would definitely recommend starting to look into like more of the energy centers. If you're, if your um, listeners are interested, but like looking into the energy centers of your body and understanding how things work. So like, for instance, you know, when I mentioned throat, like bronchitis or sore throat or losing your voice or maybe thyroid issues or having um, throat issues, neck issues, this is related to communication, right? It's a, it's related to speaking your truth. It's also related to setting boundaries. It's related to um, speaking up. And oftentimes, if you've noticed you've had those issues, like you keep losing your voice, you're having sore throats or your um, bronchitis, or I've had thyroid issues. It was, and I'm a, this is a little bit of woo-woo, a little bit of science, but honestly, like it was related to the times that I had thyroid issue. Yes, I, I had some extreme, you know, I, I was living an extreme lifestyle that I do believe um, aided in that. But I also was in a really toxic relationship that I did not speak my truth. I was controlled and I didn't really voice like what I was feeling and, and you know, communicate in that way. It was re- I was really like closed off. And all of those things started happening as well. So I do think that there's a lot of correlation around that for sure. Totally. A hundred percent. I'm such a big believer. I actually just ordered this book. Gosh, I want to share it with everybody. I'll link it in the show notes. It's like, it's called like pyramid of health or something like that. And it talks about exactly that. Um, Another good one is, what is it? Um, You can heal your life by Louise Hay. She talks about that stuff too, where it's like this you're having IBS, you're having digestive symptoms, or you're having thyroid issues, or you're having like, it goes into even things like cancer or skin things like, and what the emotional mental connection to those particular diseases are because the mind body connection is so, so real. Hi, I'm Kelly Namiro, your host, certified holistic hormone coach and Pilates instructor for the WBK method. You can consider me your guide in helping you curate the very best version of yourself from the inside out feeling physically better by optimizing your hormones to feeling mentally and emotionally better by creating a more deep and grounded connection with yourself. I get questions all the time in my DMs about things like, what supplements should I be taking for my menopause symptoms? Or is it normal that I'm always exhausted? My doctor said that's what happens as I get older. Or maybe I gained 20 pounds in the last couple of years and I have no idea how to lose it. And even I'm chronically bloated and I've tried every elimination diet. Please help. But here's the thing. There are no quick 
fixes out there. Until you know the root cause of what's going on in your body and you use precision supplementation, a targeted diet, and mindset and lifestyle changes that are specific to your unique circumstances and lab values, you're never going to be able to heal. Throwing just random supplements that make all these promises or a restrictive diet at a weight issue is never going to work because it's not focused on what's going on internally with you. And often we can make the problem worse when we do these things. And that's why I've created the WBK lab review package. In this package, you'll receive lab kits and a custom lab form based on your symptoms and health history. Once you've completed the saliva kit for your adrenals, the stool kit for your gut health, and the blood tests for your hormones and other health markers, we'll sit down together and create a customized plan that will help you balance your hormones in a holistic way so that you can lose weight, have more energy, maintain a balanced mood, and achieve the results that you've been wanting. This year, it is time to get the results that you've been dreaming of because you're targeting your unique system. If you're ready to experience more energy, comfort, confidence in your body, and relief from those nagging symptoms that have been bringing you down, I would love to support you in doing just that. This program includes a one-on-one call between you and me, all of the labs needed to create your customized protocol, and a PDF with your unique plan that you'll be following going forward so that you can take your time in implementing your new diet, supplements, and lifestyle changes. To learn more about this, head to the link in the show notes or go to wellnessbykelly.com to learn more about the WBK lab review. So I want to shift gears a little bit because there are a lot of women who listen to this show who are on the path of starting some sort of entrepreneurial journey or they have a wellness business. Um, And I think that seeing how you made the transition from physical locations to this like beautiful online business. And I know you still have like physical things like your retreats and things like that, but um, you have your podcast and you have your coaching and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that aspect of your life and making that transition. Was there something specific that motivated you into that transition? Was it like a life you know, moment thing where you wanted to be home more. And when you did that, I think that what a lot of women are scared of is like, there are so many people in this online health and wellness space. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be enough? Am I going to be different enough? Nisha? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such a good question. And to answer that last one, I don't believe, I personally don't believe that the online space is saturated. Yeah. I do believe it's competitive. And what I mean by that is like more and more people are seeing the opportunities for themselves to create additional money. What I tell people is no one is you. No one is you. You are unique. You have a special way to share your gifts. You have a special way to help people transform. All you have to do is show up and share that, right? You would be doing people a disservice if you didn't show up and share with people what how you operate and the core values that you live by and your methodologies. Right. So it's just, honestly, you know, I, I don't believe it's saturated. I just believe it's, it's competitive. And now it's time for you to share your voice and share your unique gifts. So I always start with that. Um, but when I shifted from my gyms to the online space, I did have a lot of blocks. I had blocks around my value and my time, because I only thought like people are going to want to work with me if I'm there in person with them, like handing them a weight or like in person, like speaking with them. I did not understand how I could sell a program, a digital program 
and people would see value in it. So I had to shift my mindset around that first and foremost. Okay. So there is so much opportunity online, limitless opportunity. And my big motivator at the time when I sold my gyms was I, I didn't have great like money management in my own, my, my own personal finances. The gym made money. I had a high overhead. I had payroll, but I personally did not take in a lot of money. So I struggled with that. So I was first motivated by getting out of debt and having more freedom to do the things I really wanted to do. Like when I, you know, money is a great motivator, but at the time, an extra $3,000 was, would have been amazing. Like that was my big goal. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just make an extra $3,000, like that would be a godsend. I'm living in overflow. And that was like my big motivator. And for a lot of people, it starts out that way. Like, I just want to make an extra three grand. But the thing about the online space, especially when we stay consistent and we keep showing up and now we're building this brand is it's limitless. And it's also not conducive or not dependent on your time. So you could create a product, literally a product that is self-paced, hands-off. And all you have to do is share it with the world. And you could have five, I mean, miracles happen all the time. Quantum leaps happen all the time. You just have to take action to do it. I could literally sell the thing today. I could get five sales today for a $1,000 product and just have another an extra $5,000 in my bank account. And that's happened, right? Because the online space allows for that. So that was my big motivator again, was like, I just want to make an extra 3000. You know, that's kind of where it started. And I want to just have the freedom to be able to just spend my time the way that I wanted to. And when I had my gyms, I sometimes say like, I wish I had the tools that I have now as a business owner back then, because you only know what you know at that time. And I did not know how to delegate. I did not know how to ask for help. I thought that I was the only one that could do it the way that I wanted it to be done. And so even though I did have like a staff, I ended up just kind of doing things on my own and I ran myself into the ground and it would be so different now if I operated it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that that's why we go through, like we said at the very beginning, like why we go through those things so we can take these things and share them with other people like you do so beautifully. So for somebody who is you know, in this space where they're like, I'm ready to take the leap. I am ready to like start my own entrepreneurial journey because I know you've grown your business. Is it seven figures? Not yet. I, that's a goal for sure. I hit about half a million last year. And so I've been kind of steady at that, that income for the last couple of years, which is insane. Like that was what my, I, I hit the same thing last year. And it was something where from the first year I started my business in, um, 2020, I was charging $1,200 for six months of coaching. So that means I would see somebody 12 times for an hour each. And I was, you know, making about 120 bucks a session. And like, literally I would charge when I was seeing one-on-one -on -one people like last year, I would charge more than that for one session. And so mm -hmm. it, it transformed because you said there is no ceiling. There is no limit. Mm -hmm. And the really beautiful thing is that you can also do things like online courses and things like that, where you don't have to actually be there. You create the product, you create the service, and then people do it on their own time, which is really cool. So, um, if somebody wants to start something, what, where do they start? Like where, like, is there a certain type of would you say build the course first or get your first one-on-one -on -one client first? Like where do people start um, so that they can maximize their revenue? I love this. I love this question because, and I'm, again, I am very much more a mentor versus a coach that basically is just like, 
do this, follow this. Like I, I love the rinse and repeats if that's your thing. Like I, I have a couple programs that are rinse and repeats. I'm very much asking the right question and, and really like going inward. So whenever I work with a client and let's say they're new in this space, I do work with a lot of people who haven't quite hit that six figure mark yet, or who have been in that low six figure mark, like the hundred to 150 that feel like they are like, like working really hard to make that. And it doesn't have to be that hard, by the way, like we can simplify the systems. So um, I would say like, get really clear on your business model. So what is it? And when I talk business model, you have the one-on-one -on -one type coaching business model. Now this isn't trading time for money. So you're not like, I'm in this hour session and I'm going to charge this person a hundred dollars for this hour. Like we want to just kind of get our mindset out of that. So if you are creating an offer, I would first, if let's say we start there, what is this transformation that you're providing? So let's say you do help people. Let's say for me, I help coaches um, essentially make $10,000 a month on autopilot. Okay, so $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 a month on autopilot with systems and processes. Okay, so we first get really clear on what is that program? What is the thing that you're selling? What is your method and what is the outcome? And we put a value to it. Now, I can't coach you on what to price your programs because my financial thermostat is going to be different than your financial thermostat. So if I'm like, oh, that program's totally like you could totally charge $3,000 for that they might feel like, oh my God, I can't charge 3000 for that. They're going to have this disconnect, right? So I always, I do this little exercise with people and it's basically like, how much do you want to make this year? Okay. So like get really clear. Let's say I want to make a hundred thousand this year. Cool. How many weeks do you want to work and how many hours a week would you like to work? So let's say you want to work 25 hours a week and you want to work 48 weeks a year. There's 52 weeks in the year. And I would suggest dedicating some time to some vacations. Yeah. You, times, you times those numbers. So let's say it's 25 hours a week times 48. You're going to get a number. And then you're going to divide that by $100,000. Okay. And that's going to be essentially your price per hour. So that means you are going to say no to anything under now my numbers increased over time. I think it's increased now to like $1,000 an hour or so. So I know that, you know, my time is valuable. So if I'm doing a one-to-many model, let's say a group model, I know, okay, well, and this is just roundabout because I don't do time, trade time for money anymore, but this just gives you a good idea as what your price point is going to be for your programs, right? So if we're doing, um, you know, a, a coaching program, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program, and you have a three-month program and you meet with this person twice a month for one hour. We know based on your, your numbers and what you want to make this year, you can't charge any less than $1,000 an hour. So if this person wants to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, it's going to be you know $2,000 a month. So it's, it's, it, it kind of helps in that way when we're trying to figure out numbers and things like that. Um, but back to the questions. So get really clear on your business model. Do you want to work one-on-one? -on -one? Do you want to do a one-to-many? Do you want a self-paced course? Now, this is strictly speaking in the online space, right? There are so many other business models like membership, in-person retreats, masterminds, e-commerce. You could have a, you could have an actual product, we were just speaking in the online space. It's kind of, you know, limited in terms of like, you're going to have a digital product. You're going to have maybe a group program. Maybe you do it live. Maybe it's evergreen and evergreen simply means it's already been recorded. People have already gone through it, or you can do a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so always start there and really ask yourself what feels best to me. 
Because I'm probably going to lean away from telling someone, especially new, like, oh, you have to do one-on-one before you do group, or you have to do group before you do one-on-one. I will never give that advice because it really is up to the person what's best for them, right? So you have to get clear on your business model. I think that that's great advice. And I think that what you said about like incrementally raising your price over time is Mm -hmm. the best way for you to own that price. So I know that like, I remember I had a coach when I first started and when I was, my rate was like 120 an hour. And mm-hmm. her thing to me was her, like a piece of advice to me was like, raise it to a thousand. And I'm like, like, I literally like seized up. Like the idea of that was like, no, one's going to buy that from me. I don't have the experience for that. I don't believe in that price. And if you don't believe in that price, no one else is going to believe in that price around you. And so I think the idea of incrementally moving it up over time, like it took me three years to get half years to get to that, like that new price point where I was like super happy with my revenue for the year. Um, And it's all because not only was I building trust with my customer, I'm also building trust with myself and knowing that I'm worth that. Like my my service is worth that. And so I think that that's a really great piece of advice to share with everybody. Um, so the last question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, because we all, I mean, especially for those of us who are the type A's, the perfectionists, the people who come from the burnout model, um, I think that life can be really chaotic and it requires us to make, maintain a focus on balance and the things that we can do for balance. And we've talked a lot about that today. Um, Mm -hmm but I want to get like one concrete tip from you for how you balance the chaos. Mm, How I balance the chaos. (sighs) Balancing the chaos. I would say for me, it's, it's back to those tools that allow me to come back home to myself. And the one thing that I think for me, I've implemented these last, I would say probably three to four years because I was, I was an anxious person in the morning is my schedule does not start until around 9 30, 10 AM. And so before that, I don't have any calls. Um, I don't have any meetings or podcast interviews. It really helps me kind of set up my day when I really start from this place of gratitude of a, a really awesome morning routine movement and that's really helped me balance the chaos because I know I'm not like waking up with my head chicken with a head cut off, trying to get everyone ready and do all the things. Like it really has helped me tremendously to incorporate slow mornings. And I knew I needed that when I would wake up every morning with impending doom. I used to wake up with horrible anxiety and to an alarm, rushing to get ready out the door, do the things. And so that slow morning has been like my godsend. Oh, I could not agree with that more. And I don't think anyone's really said that, um, as their piece of advice. And if you're somebody who comes again from that place of burnout, that place of like, um, anxiety where you're like a high functioning anxiety person, if you can take that time to ground yourself into your day, because Mm -hmm. when you do that, you carry, you carry that feeling with you. So I think that that's such a good share. Um, Felicia, where can everybody find you the work that you do, your masterminds, all of the things. Absolutely. I you can go to my website, feliciaromero.com. All the information is there. Um, and then I hang out over on Instagram at Felicia Romero, just my first and last name. You can send me a message. There's information. I do these masterminds quarterly. So one every quarter. And then I also do goddess yoga certifications and retreats. So I can actually like certify women. I do monthly workshops here in Arizona. 
Um, I have this really cool one happening uh, in February. It's erotic blueprint and goddess yoga. So it's teaching women kind of like the five love languages, if you're familiar with that, but it's the five love languages for sex. So it's, it's really interesting. So yeah, you can find me there. That's amazing. That sounds so fun. Okay, cool. So I will link all of that up in the show notes for everybody. Thank you so much for your time. This was such a beautiful conversation. I'm so, so grateful for it. Me too. Thank you so much. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. You can follow me on Instagram at wellnessbykelly or head over to our website, wellnessbykelly.com. Sign up now for the Wellness by Kelly seven-day free trial on our app or head over to our course and now get 20% off the course or 10% off of the membership with the code Balancing Chaos, all one word, B-A-L-A-N-C-I-N-G-C-H-A-O-S. In our course, you'll get access to an emailed lab review plus protocols built out to help you heal with whatever hormonal imbalance you're struggling with. With our membership, you'll receive a library of content with our app with low impact workouts, blood sugar balancing recipes, and mindfulness meditations, all designed to help you balance your hormones and help you feel like you are living your most beautiful, joyful, and vital life. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. That is the best way to help the show grow and get to more listeners. We hope you enjoyed, and I will see you next week.